Hey guys, welcome to Movies and a Meal, a podcast where we talk about movies and other things while we eat. I'm your co-host Ben, and as always, I'm joined by Keith hey. and Brad. What's up? So we got two movies we're going to talk about, two comedies. Uh, we have The Blackening, which is a comedy film that came out, uh, I don't know, a couple weeks ago, starring among other people, Jay Farrow, uh, Yvonne Ori, and some other people. And then we're going to talk about Joyride, another comedy that just came out, starring uh, among other people, um, Sherry Cola and... Again, other people. Just other people. <laughs> so, two comedies. Let's talk about the blackening first, and I'm going to hand it over to Brad to do the summary. Brad? All right, a summary is always courtesy of IMDb. Seven black friends go away for the weekend and end up trapped in a cabin with a killer who has a vendetta. Will their street smarts <laughs> and knowledge of horror movies help them stay alive? Probably not. See, now, that's a pretty good summary, because it made me laugh already, and that's really what this movie is all about. Yeah, I think my only hesitancy in going to see it is that the trailer really wasn't very good, but that doesn't bother me because trailers shouldn't reveal a whole lot, and this one didn't. I'm certainly glad I took a chance on it because there are a few things I love more in the movies than a good mix of humor and horror, and that's exactly what The Blackening delivers at its best. What really hooked me at first was the poster tagline, We All Can't Die First, which pretty perfectly fits the spirit of this. And you have to deliver a lot of credit for that to co-screenwriters Tracy Oliver, best known as a co-writer on Girls Trip, and Duane Perkins, a writer for Brooklyn Nine-Nine. They're clearly schooled in the tropes of humor and black culture in movies, and don't hold back here in slang as many as they can get to. Friends is an obvious target, but that's dispersed with more style than usual. Even better is a priceless riff on Omar, Jada, and Scream 2. Cabin in the Woods and Get Out are also name-checked in this fast and very witty script. Veteran director Tim Story, known for Fantastic Four movies and much better Barbershop, keeps the action moving briskly. The plot here, and there admittedly isn't much of one, has a group of black friends from college reuniting for a weekend at the mentioned Cabin in the Woods, where of course things go off the rails early and often. Now, as Ben mentioned, Jay Farrow has a small part, but this is a largely unknown cast. Um, you know, stands out, standouts in the ensemble are Grace Byers and Melvin Gregg, but the group members really all play off each other very well with a natural ease. And screenwriter Perkins saved one of the best parts for himself. And yes, Dietrich Bader somehow shows up in this. My only note with the blackening is that its constant skewering of the horror movies that come before it kind of papers over the fact that the plot here is not only familiar, but more than a little tired. None of that matters too much, however, because the script is just that good. It's pretty amazing that this came from a 2018 Comedy Central short film by the comedy trio Three Pete, of which Perkins is a member. What has been developed into here is a smart and seriously bloody movie that sharply examines the role of black people in horror, media, and culture. And for that, I'll give it three and a half stars, and say if you're a horror fan, seek it out. Um, you know, I looked at the numbers, because I don't think it's going to be in Brad's box office number. It's done in theaters. It made about $16 million, which is not great, but it will be streaming soon, so go see it. Well, I guess it's all relative, too, about what the mm-hmm. budget is, right? I mean, I can't yeah. imagine this movie was made for a lot of money. No, I, I wouldn't say it was a disappointment, and I will think this will have a long life. Brad, you want Rotten Tomatoes real quick? Sure, then. Critics and audience. Uh, Keith? Mm, I can't imagine. The critics, I, I didn't want to think about it. I'd say 80. Mm-hmm. Fans, oh, you know, it takes on a lot of stuff here. I'll go as low as 60. All right. Critics, 86%, 109 oh, reviews. Man. Audience, 85%, 1,000 plus reviews. Nice. Uh, I, should have, I should have more faith in the audience. This is a really smart and funny movie. Critics consensus, uh, courtesy of Rotten Tomatoes. Well, it could stand to be a little funnier and quite a bit scarier, The Blackening is a thoughtful satire that skewers horror tropes and racial stereotypes. I'm done with all that, except it is very bloody and very funny. <laughs> the uh, the audience says, uh, The Blackening is a laugh-out-loud horror comedy that's perfect for watching with a big group of friends. Agreed. Yeah, and again, to put it in context, this movie was only made for $5 million, so a $16 million box mm-hmm. office, I mean, 
it's a it's a hit. I mean, yeah. it's probably and, and when your biggest star is Dietrich Bader, you don't have a lot of costs. Yeah. No. yeah. <laughs> All right. So why don't we go ahead and transition to our second film, another comedy film actually. Um, it's Joyride. It's uh, directed by Del Lim, who wrote Crazy Rich Asians, and it stars among other people um, Ashley Park, Sherry Cola, Stephanie uh, Hugh, who we all know was just came off an Oscar nomination for. Mm-hmm. Everything Everywhere All at Once, uh, Sabrina Wu, and some other people, Ronnie Chang is in there, and I, maybe I won't spoil everybody because there's a couple maybe surprise cameos. Rad, what's the, what is the summary of this movie? Alright, summary is always courtesy of IMDb. Follows four Chinese-American friends as they bond and discover the truth of what it means to know and love who you are, while they travel through China in search of one of their birth mothers. I enjoyed this movie. You know, it's kind of a trilogy, I think, of like female-centered road trip movies. You can have a triple feature, I think, between this, Bridesmaids, and Girls Trip. Um, but there, there are a lot of good moments in this. You know, what I appreciate is uh, we're kind of having a moment, I think, in, in Asian cinema. So, like, I'm, I'm happy to have more movies like this or, you know, we mentioned Crazy Rich Asian. Uh, there's another movie I really enjoyed, Past Lives, that, you know, is a film uh, about, uh, you know, Korean people. I'm going to sneak in a review here for that <laughs> without being it. But, you know, I mean, I would, if you could see that, I would give it. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and give it a four and a half because I think that's going to be an Oscar contender uh, for a lot of things. So I'm, I'm that high on this movie, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of critics agree. But going back to Joyride, you know, I think maybe the, the real sign of true parody is that maybe in a good way, like going towards equality, is that we're getting these kind of movies. And this movie isn't the best movie and the best comedy, but it's it's great just to see four women and four Asian women just have this kind of same raunchy comedy that you know, the hangover represents or a lot of the other ones that we've seen over the last 20 years. But it's, it's good to have a different different face and, uh, you know, different different kind of challenges with this. Well, you know, you're, you're very right about uh, several things. You're, you're almost always right. Past lives, you're right, it's very good. And I won't, I'm going to give my full review of it either, but it's time I'm playing in Salisbury, and it will sneak up on people like um, Drive My Car Dead. But, you know, back to Joyride, as, as Ben had, I've been looking for this one all year, and for me it really didn't disappoint. Along with Asians being um, in movies a lot, Asian Americans, and you know, being all kinds of movies, I love that this is the summer where seriously raunchy R-rated movies are making a big comeback. No Hard Feelings was fantastic, and this was even better. What I liked about it is that the four women are all fantastic and they bond together naturally and this was even cruder than I could have imagined, we'll get into that, but also has more heart and it's a really smart movie and the second half has a lot to do with identity and it moved me, I was almost in tears at the end, it's just a really, really special movie all around. And you're right, it's good, you know, between no hard feelings, I think Strays is going to be like this a little Mm -hmm. bit too, that kind of like very R-rated, homeward bound movie with Will Ferrell and Jamie Foxx, I think that'll be the same thing, we're just like, it's kind of wild, and we should appreciate that because I think our movie theaters right now, and the movie industry, um, unless it's uh, existing IP like Indiana Jones and superhero Mm -hmm. movies, all these kind of movies are going away, unfortunately, which sucks uh, for a variety and everything like that. So, you know, it's, it's good we mm-hmm. support them, and it's good that they make good movies like this. So Yeah, and, you know, I'm glad that um, Jorah was going to come here, but movies like Past Lives keep sticking full credit to our, our Salisbury Movie Theater. They have a lot of screens, and they sneak in all kinds of movies. So we, I, we try to see them, you know. And, you know, um, Ben mentioned it. The four women who lead this are all very, very good. Ashley Park who kind of plays the straight woman to Sherry Cola's, you know, wild child. And they grew up together. The way the two of them play each off, off each other is really good. And the four of them together are just uh, fantastic. As Ben said, this is Stephanie Hsu's moment. And she, even more than Sherry Cola, is game in this. We'll get into a little bit of the crudity, which I thoroughly appreciated. But she is a gamer. She puts up with all kinds of things in this movie, and it's all very funny. 
But credit to Brad, I would say my secret MVP has to be the uh, non-binary actor Sabrina Wu as the BTS stand Deadeye. Steals most of the movie. And the way their relationships develop in just a 90-minute movie was pretty special to me, too. And I, I really like the way the four of them played off each other. Yeah, there's there's some good mm -hmm. chemistry, um, I think, without throughout the cast. And Shea Cola, by her nature, is, I would say, a little abrasive. I'm not kind of abrasive. She's very in-your-face, very funny. She will probably always be a sidekick. I don't think she'll be a leading woman, but so what? She's very funny in an ensemble. She was very good in shortcomings, but that was a different kind of movie because it was led by a man, and it's about him evolving and learning not to be an asshole to everybody. This was much better. In an ensemble of women, she does much better. She's very good. Why don't we get into the ratings, and I guess we can do a spoilers mm -hmm. and maybe like an adult content. Thing. Yeah, exactly. This is going to be a little... <laughs> we, know, we, we, we obviously like curse on the show, but this is going to be a slightly more mm -hmm. body, but it's a, it's a plot point, too. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to give it a three. All right, well, I will go higher. I appreciated the thoughtfulness on identity and also just the entire crudity of it. I'll give it a four. I thoroughly like this. Why don't you do Rotten Tomatoes and all that stuff? Yep, we'll do Rotten Tomatoes. And box office just for that because the box office numbers have not really officially come out as of recording. Mm -hmm. So for Rotten Tomatoes, uh, Ben, why don't you go on this one first? I think the critics liked it. Uh, there was one outlier. I'm not going <laughs> to mention him, but he did say it, it just was like a the worst coldest take I've seen in a while um, yeah. <laughs> but he did, not, wrong he did not like it but um, I think for the most part people seem to enjoy it and they're probably on the same wavelength that Keith and I are that you know it's good that these kind of movies are out there um, I'm going to go like 78 for the critics and audiences uh, I think if you're going to see it you'll probably like it so I'll go 87 so I'll go 78 and 87 I'll go higher on the critics it's fun I'll go 90 you know I'm a little down on fans this week I don't know why um I want to give them credit that they'll support and not be like this guy that's been mentioned, but I'll, I'll go 70%. You know. Guys need to have more faith in the audience. We'll start with critics <laughs> first, though. 91%, 134 reviews. Good. Audience, 85%, 100 nice. plus reviews. So. Well, as Ben said, if you're gonna if you're gonna see this, know what you're getting into. These are very four very funny Asian women, and it's very crude, and just enjoy the ride. No pun intended. No. All right, the mm -hmm. critics consensus, courtesy of uh, Rotten Tomatoes. Joyride isn't afraid to shock with its gross-out gags, but this road trip's real surprise is how successfully it blends its raunchy humor with real heart. And, you know, um, one thing I appreciated before we get into spoilers is in the second half, you know, they go to China partly on a business trip, partly to find out about Ashley Park character's adoptive mother. There's a twist in the second half that really hits. It has to do with identity, and it made me cry a little bit. I won't reveal that because that would be a crime, but it's, that's what made it work for me. That, that third act kind of twist was, was really nice. As far as uh, box office, um, I'll just go ahead and say the one projected to be number one as of Saturday is going to be Insidious Red Door. Mm -hmm. They're looking, I believe it was around $30, $31 million. Joyride, if I'm looking at it correctly, was slated to finish in third with 5 to $6 million box office, which was underneath the 7 to 9 that was projected. So I'm surprised it was projected so low, but that's a low number. Uh, yeah. that's, that's not good. I do think there'll be word of mouth on this one because it's very funny. Okay, so 3 and a 4? 3 and a 4. Yep. Okay. All right. And again, for the record, past lives, I'll take it in four and a half. Yeah. Uh, so. I mean, I look up Rotten Tomatoes real quick. No, no, that's fine. Um, so why don't we go ahead and do the spoilers? All right. Turn away. Right away now. <laughs> All right. So I don't even think this is like a plot thing, but I think one of the central jokes uh, and, you know, some parental warnings. Um, this yeah. is definitely an R. This earns an R rating for sure. 
And if you're offended by, um, like, uh, up-close female nudity... Um, <laughs> Kids, turn away! And the thing is, turn away only in, that only comes in one really shocking scene. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kids, turn away! Turn away now! Well, I will say, I'll be a little prude, kids should never see this anyway. Yeah. You know? yeah. Some adults, too, I think, yeah, honestly. I um, but, you know, there's... Um, we'll, we'll keep it PG, but there is a... Uh, there is a tattoo in a woman's... Uh, Nether regions mm-hmm. um, that is central to one character. Well, it's, it's I guess we can spoil that. Shoes character. Yeah, might as well. Without spoiling too much, basically, you know, she is one of Ashley Parks, the main character's uh, f- friends in China, and they meet up, and she is like a big TV star. But, uh, you know, she's kind of crafted this image as the good girl, you know, kind of cut loose in college, and, you know, she has, and the tattoo in that <laughs> area is like a a main sticking point with that. And uh, I was, uh, you know, I mean, R-rated comedies, uh, you know, occasionally you'll get some some nudity. You know, I think, like, in the Porky's days, it was more like titillation because it's like you don't, we didn't have the internet back then. So, like, if you're a teenager or something like that, you wouldn't. But this was just, like, shock value in comedy, I mm-hmm. guess. It's not really played for any kind of sexual thing, no. that part anyway. No. But this movie is very horny, I'll say that yeah, much for is. sure. And again, I guess the quality... <laughs> You know, usually it's like American Pie, right? And like mm-hmm. guys trying to get laid, and like the women, you know, women have needs too, and that's Ex- what, that's what we see there. Exactly, and um, just you know, where this scene comes in, it's my favorite one in the movie. You've seen it in the trailer when they pretend to be K-pop stars, so they can get into Korea. But the way that it comes out and extended in the movie theater is so funny. It plays on the K-pop. Um, you know stereotypes. They play. They try to be Cardi B. It's all very funny. And then, of course, Stephanie Hsu's dress is yeah. ripped off. We don't reveal the whole thing, but that whole scene is very funny. I will say, um, equally crude, and I appreciated was you know what is for losing now. Baron Davis is in this. Baron Davis he's is a gamer. Movie. He's very funny. Barry Davis, the best one. Yes. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. I thought the two he's, um, about Sherry Cole's like... character is DMing him about their trip to China, and he's still, I don't know, he's, he's still like playing Asia. But so that, that stretch was very funny. I will say the only part I didn't like, even though it had one of my favorite, I don't know her name, but one of my favorite characters from Search Party as the drug dealer, that's a tired trope. I know they had to get drugs into this somehow, but that I didn't really like that part. That's the only part I didn't like, though, and everything else in the movie was very funny to me. Um, no. Meredith Hagner yeah. is that and, woman's name. And you ever seen Search Party on TBS? That's a great series, and she's good at that. Another spoiler alert. I won't. I'll just say he's in it. I won't give you any context about why he's in it. But you know, Daniel Day Kim is in this mm-hmm. as well, and um, you know, Ronnie Chang, who's a very, very funny comedian, who's in a lot of things. He's in Crazy Rich Asians. He's just been in a lot of stuff. Um, and he's pretty enjoyable. Full credit to I always like to see Timothy Simons. I don't know what his connection is to the Asian community. You know, you know him from Veep and other things, but he was in Shortcomings, and now yeah. he's in this, and he's very funny too. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, behind the curtain scenes, like we're doing like a marathon recording session, so mm-hmm. I think it's time to wrap this episode up. Okay? So we got to get on to the next. Um... We have two more to go. Oh. Yeah, so Keith, where can they find us? We're at moviesinthebeelog at gmail.com, moviesinthebeel on Twitter, and check us out on Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Sure, sure. Okay. Okay, so for this episode of Movies in the Meal, I'm Ben. And Keith, spread the peace. Two.